Jurassic Park for a minute, we'll be discussing the second Jurassic Park sequel one minute at a time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And on today's episode, we're back to discuss minute 37 of Jurassic Park 3. Dave, ready to get into it? Yeah. As we ended on minute 36 of Jurassic Park 3, Grant had found Billy and warned him not to stay behind like that again. And if I lose you, it's just me and the damn tourists. As we open on minute 37, Grant walks away, smiling. Behind, Billy takes one last look at the nests, while fumbling with his camera bag, trying to get the lid closed. At the five second mark, as they come down a slope into a clearing, they can see in the Lavas Valley beyond, and structures, there appears to be a massive complex in the valley floor. Paul says I bet Eric's in there, and pushes past Grant and Billy, and says I bet my bottom dollar, and continues down the hill. As the rest of the group start down the hill, Billy asks Grant, what do you think it is? Nudesca replies, as far as I'm concerned, it's the Four Seasons. At the 23 second mark, as the ominous music begins to play, we cut down to the valley floor, as Grant and Co. walk through some tall grass and trees before emerging in the car park of the Anbronics administration building. They walk between abandoned vehicles and a blue InGen sign, covered in moss. Grant takes a look at one of the cars as he walks by, but continues on, seeing broken glass. Clearly these won't be driving any time soon. At the 43 second mark, we cut to the front of the Ambronics Administration Building as the group reach the top of the stairs and go through the front door and into the main lobby. As they come to the front reception desk, Paul yells Eric's name, but Amanda quickly tells him don't and shushes him. And as the minute ends, Paul's gaze falls onto the top of the reception desk and something he sees there. As we open on 37, Grant turns and starts to walk away from Billy and... He follows, continuing to play around with his camera bag. He had, takes one final look back at the nest before we get the screen change, and they seem to be now heading down a bit of a hill, and you can sort of hear those cries of the birds in the background, mm-hmm. but it's not its not the raptors, yeah. unfortunately. It would have been good if that was them coming back and realising the eggs are missing. Mm-hmm. But we cut again as Grant stops, and we get to look down on a vast series of structures in the valley below beside a pretty large river that's mm-hmm. flying beside it as well. Grant pushes through the others. Oh, Paul pushes through the others and so I bet Eric's in there. I bet my golden dollar. And he sort of starts rushing ahead and Billy asks, what do you think it is? But only Desky replies, as far as I'm concerned, it's the Four Seasons and rubs <laughs> the back of his neck. <laughs> and then we get one last shot as they all start to walk downhill and we get to see those, build- those CG buildings, mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately, off in the distance. I mean, they did a really good job of incorporating the visuals of the um, refurbished embryonics administration building um, into the CGI set in Valley here. The Valley itself was actually a... um, The Valley itself was a location scouted for the first movie, and they returned to in the third now. Uh, It's interesting, some of these buildings are very strange. Like... They have several multi like they have several large circular buildings. One no- notably just off to the left of you know, the rear left corner of the um, administration building itself. And there's another one that looks like that sandwiches. Well, there's two actually. It sandwiches like this large, almost looks like a barn. One side it's kind of is a low large circular. Uh, building i'm not even sure if it's a building it looks almost like it's hollow on the inside and then on the other side of the barn there looks like like a grain silo 
And then. So I'm just trying to bring up the photo so sorry. I can look at it as well. <laughs> it's all very strange because it kind of looks industrial, but then it kind of looks like it's a mishmash of various architectural styles. There's almost there's also like in the very far corner close to the river, a building that almost looks like an air traffic control center, which is not necessary. They they don't need something of that level. Oh yeah. They don't need something of that it's level like, in this in their in the facilities they have. It's yeah, it's like a watchtower. I wonder if that's where the like the main kennels and holding pens might be. I have no idea. It's the it very back. It would be kind of small to have the, all the kennels there, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because as you said, like there's that round building behind the embryonics administration that we see in a minute when they get down there. It's sort of, it's always reminded me of something from like Tomorrowland or something. Yeah. Um, in Disney, like especially when it's got that seemingly like a tram track or some sort of rail system around the top, looping it sort of like the rings of satin or something around the building. Mm-hmm. Interesting one thing, too, with the Embryonics Administration, the the big concrete sort of block building behind its right-hand side that we see in a minute is sort of a little bit different to what we get. The CG model changes on that between here and there. It almost looks like a helipad on that far right as well mm-hmm. behind the barn. But, yeah, you've got that very large sort of industrial warehouse-looking thing beside it. And then, like, over the back, like, a lot of a lot of these buildings have what seem to be, like, peak triangular glass windows yeah, those, like skylights on the roof. Those ones I almost imagine were possibly where they were cloning the biological side of Jurassic Park. Because you remember mm. Ellie identified a number of re, uh, de-extinct plant species, and yeah. some of them being poisonous. Yeah, because if, if you had like a clean room lab, I don't imagine you'd have big skylights like that um, mm. above, the, above them. It'd be sort of a... Mm. If you're going to have... Um, uh, like solar radiation coming through the windows, making like plastic tubing go yellow and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. No, well, what I was thinking was greenhouses. Yeah, yeah. You necessarily need the greenhouse itself to be a clean room. You just kind of need the plants to grow, you know? And mm. what better place to have tro- uh, tropical plants growing than on a tropical island in a greenhouse, you know? Well, I'll give you two reasons why that might be a definite possibility. One... Those, those, especially those four peaked, like the structure in the middle, it seems to be overgrown the most. So if there is plants in there and broken windows, obviously they'd be growing up from inside to the roof. Mm-hmm. Also behind that looks like there's a very large water tower, which if you're going to have biologicals there, you're going to need water mm-hmm. to feed them. So you'd have so that sort of water reserve on standby. And yeah, there's the building I kind of identified looks like a grain silo, but a but a water. Oh yeah. A water tower would make more sense, yeah. Yep. Especially because mm-hmm. there's a large, uh, almost like antenna-looking structure that would have been that pump on the roof of it. Hmm. Yep. And of course, then you got the main, the main building, sort of that goes back across the valley. There, I'm guessing that'd be sort of your main lab. But see, even it's got the windows in the bottom side of it. Mm-hmm. Burn your buildings up. Near the rear, like one of them looks like it's definitely got a large radio antenna there as well, which obviously communication between there and the worker village. Notice, note one thing: no sign of any fences of any kind here. We sort of discussed with the Lost World how the worker village was fenced, even though the evacuation was supposed to be something rushed and the animals released, but maybe something else is going on there. But here, you'd think the um, you're going to have a lot more people employed in the lab than you would at the worker village. You're going to have a lot more people 
they might be, not, may not might not be outside as much as what the, uh, the worker village, but we don't see even when Grant and that walk in here in a minute, we don't see any fencing of any type. I know the the Lego game sort of brought in sort of just like chain link fence around the car park, but I'm not going to take that as canon. <laughs> but the other thing too is, and it's the same in the novel how they describe these buildings, and we see these buildings as being very large, all this glass involved, yet they seem to be almost impossible for anyone to see them from the sky. When the when the group go to the island in the Lost World in the novel, they sort of fly over the island first and circle before landing, and they don't see this massive structure or worker village in the clearing yeah. or anything like that. I suppose where the parachute landed, we wouldn't have seen wouldn't have seen this from the um, the coast anyway. We start to get a bit of ominous music plays. Uh, we cut down to the valley floor as Grant moves through some ferns and uh, emerges in a small clearing with a large building ahead of him and some abandoned cars scattered around. As you said before, it's the uh, redressed operations building set now into the Embryonics Administration building. We got one of the cars, the first car we come past is a 1985 Suburban Silverado K10, which is part painted in a dark green and has the yellow InGen logo on the door, which is the same sort of InGen logo as what we see here on the sign mm-hmm. in front of the building. Which is kind of disappointing because, I mean, that why would they change the InGen logo, you know? I mean, that's just kind of weird, I always thought. Yeah, it's much like the discussion we've had before with the um, the raptors, or the raptors and some other animals as well, changing design mm-hmm. from movie to movie. It seems that InGen Logo wants to uh, evolve with the raptors. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'd sort of uh, hypothesise too. Maybe different branches of InGen had a different version of the InGen Logo here, being the lab's... Um, later on when we see Eric he's got a lab coat that's got the same InGen logo on too and I think mm. it's green it's a green stitching on it I can't um, remember the colour of the stitching I, yeah. I just remember the coat itself was very dirty yeah yeah but we'll get to because like the, the green for that maybe the lab was blue um, then later when we get to the marina and that we've got InGen construction equipment and it's got the similar logo another version of the logo again so maybe InGen Construction have a different InGen logo but it might have all just been for sort of in, in-house stuff for like the companies broke up in different branches and they've got their own logo but it all comes under the InGen Bioengineering umbrella or something but um, uh, also here we've got a um, FJ40 Land Cruiser short wheelbase um, the door's missing <laughs> gone somewhere and uh, surprisingly running aftermarket tyres on it as well but these would have been available in 93 um, there's also another suburban far off to the left which we don't really get to see a lot of we get a quick glimpse of it here in a minute as Grant's walking past the green suburban and um, I think we get another quick shot of it later on when we leave the building too but David you, you were saying a few minutes ago that um, this is possibly the same suburban that we've seen in the uh, Worker Village, so maybe maybe something on the back lot they've kept the land just as a prop, a bend vehicle prop. Yeah, I was th- I was actually thinking more of the um, airstrip because I mean the vehicle oh, yeah. looks very I mean though it kind of is reminiscent of the what, I think, what was it like a blazer or something that um, that Malcolm hid in. It's yeah, he was in he was in a blazer, but the Raptor jumps up on that that suburban next to the Kiln House oh, before yeah. It, oh, yeah. before they leap. 
leap down into the door. So no, this is not the same suburban. This one is green, and the sub that suburban had been like, yeah, like a fading yellow with like a uh, yellowing white top to it. Oh, okay. This is like a dark green color. Um, there's also a fourth vehicle here. It's tipped on its side, and sort of the chassis and undercarriage is pointing towards the camera. So there's not really any way to know what that is. Even a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff doesn't show the, the set dressed this well. It's always been either just before or just after filming's been done where the, the, the junk, most of the jungle and that engine sign's been removed as well, which is a shame. But also here you can notice there's, a, there's several sort of streetlight poles dotted around the area as well, and there is one concept art image that they've done a miniature for um, that I've been trying to find, which um, has a parking lot in front of the embryonics administration which could hold or uh, there's a available spaces for about 30 cars yeah which seems like a lot more a lot bigger operation on solar than what we first imagined i always thought it was weird that they built it with a parking lot look and then they built this the actual um the actual set itself with like parking Look like uh, fallen parking lights and stuff like that, which is just weird because, I mean, I'm assuming that they probably wouldn't have had commuters. <laughs> I mean, they would have probably had like a little caravan of daily workers going to and back and forth from barracks to the uh, to their work site, but it's not it's not like they kind of like drove all over the island. It was really just the three facilities, at least that we know of, that was primarily used for the island. Yeah, it's not like if there was 30 employees, there was 30 cars on the island. It wasn't everyone... Okay, maybe global warming wasn't as big back then, but I don't think everyone had their own car. There was probably carpooling involved or something, but mm -hmm. it's just... It's also weird that just we've, we've seen, air quotes, worker village, and there's only been... The boarding arrangements there in the boarding house. Yes, of course, it was supposed to be a 13 building um, thing of, to begin with, but here we are, sort of beyond the lost world, and we know how many people the the worker village probably could have housed. Um, I can only I can only assume that maybe there's some sort of quarters here for the lab techs and Wu when he's over here. I don't see him boarding with others, <laughs> being the head geneticist. It is possible. Uh, there is, I just noticed, a small reference here to the novel that I had missed previously when I um, when I watched this movie, is that in the novel, in the uh, second novel, there was a description of the embryo, or not the embryo, yeah, the whole lab's compound, and it was mentioned that the porticos that hang over the entrance to the lab and the uh, compound and all that is slightly hang is slightly damaged and hanging like hanging downwards like it was collapsing and i just noticed that the right port the right portico on this uh building here is collapsing mm. as, it, as it was described in the novel yeah half behind that tree there yeah yeah also here too you can see that engine biotech sign on the inside of the lobby there from outside here too mm -hmm. well this was um, this was uh, this was done on the back lot and then the rest of the jungle itself was superimposed 
behind it, they digitally erased the um, the helipad, and then they added the mountains, the palm trees, all that stuff. Yeah, but you sort of you got that CG again, that round building in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like how the there's like vines and that hanging from that round trackway, whatever it is, rings that go around that main building. Yeah, that is that is a weird thing. It looks like it has windows on the yeah. top of it there, like it was like like you could access it from the inside, and it was an important building. Yeah, maybe maybe it's like research, the research offices or something. But yeah, it's again, it's impossible to tell. Yeah. It's all pure speculation at this point. But if you sort of look too, like you've got the what would have been the the first step up area um, on the operations building here. It's sort of they've got a lot of plantings, a lot of ferns, both living and dead mm-hmm. um, plantings in the front, which sort of just sort of hides the fact that the building itself's on a second story <laughs> or second landing. Yeah, um, that's interesting too because. I'd like to think that, well, because the building as it was designed originally for the Lost World had a walkway around the front here, mm. and it was kind of cemented. It was like a U-shaped cement structure. Then they had the railings, and here they took down the railings. But I, kind of, but personally, just me, I like to imagine that they had had like shrubbery or some kind of like decorative plantings in that in that place during the heyday and they just kind of oh became overgrown and unmanaged when in the absence of any engine workers there you know mm. it's also odd here here we are eight eightish years later and just how not so overgrown the plantings are on the on the front landing as well <laughs> yeah. like even you've got some small small ferns in that there that sort of grow mm-hmm. you'd think that'd be as high as that palm tree at the front door now well the ferns don't really grow that tall i suppose the kind of closest analog we have in north america is this uh the environment in the redwoods where it does actually get cold in the winter but and the free and the ferns kind of freeze over but they always grow back the next year but i don't think that species of fern gets that big in the first place I think they're just like, um, like normal six foot fronds that that um, wouldn't get much taller, much bigger than they are as they are now. Yeah, yeah. I suppose quickly just going back to the the whole car park thing here too. You can sort of see how how flat and smooth the surface is. Definitely by the uh, by the suburban door and that, mm-hmm. um, where it just seems to have leaves scattered on the ground, which makes sense if this was a um, asphalted or a blacktop car parking area to begin with. It would have taken a while for cracks to start to appear and these, these this elephant grass-looking stuff sort of grow up through the cracks or any dirt that had been built up on top of it. But uh, as I said before, so the concrete blocky structure to the right of the Ambronics Administration building mm-hmm. um, isn't as round as what it looked like from up above. It's also got the number 21 stenciled on it, and if you look really carefully, it's got the InGen logo mm-hmm. on the uh, the outside wall of it as well. So it almost looks like a cooling tower or something, especially with that chimney it, on top of it. It's strange because it's right over the walkway that connects the administration building to the rest of the laboratory compound there, 
Mm -hmm. where we see, we'll see in the next couple minutes here, the machinery and the stuff where they do to, quote-unquote, play God. <laughs> yeah, well, you do see that little single-story structure that sort of spans a gap here. You don't see the side of that big warehouse. Um, and the only other man-made thing, I suppose, is that tower in the background, which might be that radio tower we've seen before. It might be the, the tower on top of the, um, the watchtower, like a small... No, that's, I think, part of one of the back structures that we see. It is. It's part of one of the furthest back structures. It looks like there's a large radio tower oh, yeah, in the yeah. very far backmost building. Yeah, and it's sort of odd, too. Like, in that shot before, looking down, all the structures were above the tree line, <laughs> where here you can see the tree line above the Embryonics Administration behind it anyway and there's no other signs of roofs or um, those big warehouse type yeah, buildings behind because especially because some of these structures are two two three story size structures you know mm, yeah yeah also as they're walking in here none of them look wet the jungle rivers on the approach side to the um to the lab they would have to go through that river to get to this car park i was thinking the same thing <laughs> I mean, especially are standing on the top of the mountain, and yeah, obviously yeah. rivers don't go up uphill. My only thinking <laughs> is possibly the river goes the other way. It goes into the valley from the hill they're standing on, and so they didn't actually ever have to cross the river. Well, they were before a stream before. That might have come to the end of that hill and dropped down waterfall-like. Yeah. Mm -hmm to the valley floor and then keep on going that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's more than possible. But the group sort of walks forward amongst the buildings and we get Grant to take a bit of a look through the suburban as he passes and we can see the windows have been pushed out. Mm -hmm. We'll get to a little bit more to that in the script, but it's also here they walk past the suburban and that's when you can see the other one behind them off in the distance. But um, we don't get a POV as they walk up the stairs, unfortunately, like in The Lost World. Here we got... Um, a side shot as they get to climb the steps to the front door and mm -hmm. you can see those massive steel beams that sort of take place of the concrete beam the concrete pillars the operations building had i don't know why so many people confuse the two yes it's sort of similar but it's not in a way i think it might be just from people that don't watch the films enough yeah that's what i'd chalk it up as just people not paying attention really those are the ones that still say Jurassic Park shouldn't have had sequels. <laughs> <laughs> but as you were saying before, if that sort of walkway around the front here, you can clearly see you can walk, and the railing's still here on this top deck. Mm -hmm. um, you walk around the outside of the building here as well. Uh, we're following them into the building as they pass through the front double glass doors. No uh, egg motif on these doors, unfortunately. No, as, um, as I was going to say, there's no... I mean, the building is very... is distinctly very different from what it had originally been and I think the porticos were actually somewhat less stable than the um, buildings how than how the building had originally been built because the building hadn't been built with that design in mind so it was actually one of the first things to start falling off the building when it started falling apart mm. I suppose before we leave that behind do you have any theories as to why why it might be designed like that? Are they are they sort of wind or storm shutters or or just a, just heard, a design choice? 
Yeah, I, th- I just chalk it up to design choice. Um, I've heard that theories before. They're wind, they're storm shutters, you know. But, I mean, they do kind of look like shutters, but I doubt that's the purpose. They, they're, I mean, I've heard a lot of people say or question the idea or bring, or rather bring up the idea that <laughs> that the shutters can kind of close and uh become like a barrier for the front of the building, but that just seems unlikely to me. If we look at the uh, way that it's designed, it's bolted down pretty toughly, you know? Or yeah. at least it's meant to give the impression that it is. Well, that sort of goes back to the whole operations building design, I think I mentioned during those minutes where it looked like those front pillars were big hydraulic rams. <laughs> you could just <laughs> lift the roof up, which, of course, no, but... Um... Yeah, and it also seems weird. Why would you have sort of storm shutters on the front of the Embryonics Administration building, which is only, as we see, a couple of offices and a lobby, um, and not on your more important buildings like your your research buildings or your your incubation rooms or your hatchery? Or even though we don't get a good look at those buildings, you can clearly see the the structure's different from the rest mm-hmm. of the buildings in the in the area, but. Also, I've held off calling it compound. I'm pretty sure definition of compound is it needs to have a fence around it. Mm. Or can you have a compound as just a series of buildings closely grouped yeah, together? I always kind of assumed a compound was is like it was just a ne- uh, kind of like a network of buildings built together and meant to like it's always the idea is that it's somewhat isolated, but it doesn't need to be fenced. Okay. All right, we'll call it... It's described as a lab compound, the engine compound, so... Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I was just holding off on that. That was one thing, though, is that... Um, I know Jurassicpedia calls it the laboratory, embryonics, and labs uh, compound. But I had never... But I always kind of had a problem with that title, and I was always told, oh, not really need to change it. It doesn't really matter. But it's not the embryonics and administration. It's the embryonics administration, the building... The building they walk into is the administration office. It's where you're, it's like a doctor's waiting office where you sit while you're waiting to talk to Wu or Hammond or whoever you're there to talk to, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And although we don't see it in the film, in the um, in the script, in the novel, it's definitely described a lot like in the Lost World, in the novel, where um, it's got the waiting room, the, couch, the plush couches that have been destroyed by animals and mm-hmm. vines retaking everything over, so... Mm, well... Um, the um, operations center in the Lost World uh, mm. is a lot like that. You could you see these uh, plush couches that had been shredded open, and the stuffing is kind of poking out of the couch building. Yeah. In the um, and you have about three sets of these chairs uh, in the in the building of, in the lobby there itself. Yeah. And it sort of it makes more sense here being the lab building because you're going to have, if you're going to have people come in, you're going to have other people sort of needing to get there from different areas of the lab, needing to decontamination everything else. So mm-hmm. people might have to wait. But in the worker village, maybe not so much because if you're that's where operations are done. Like you know, if people are coming in via chopper, they're landing on the building, the roof above mm-hmm. you. <laughs> There's only four or five officers maybe in that building at all, and that's. They just the fact that there's a lobby in both these sort of buildings has me thinking or question it some sometimes. Just 
it's not, it's not like you're walking into the mechanic shop and have to sit there while someone comes to tend to you or, or as you said the doctors or something it's like you're there for a very specific reason there's no you wouldn't get to the island unless someone knew you were coming so you'd, mm-hmm. you'd think you'd be met at the helicopter or all that sort of thing so it's like even even here when we get to this lab we get to the um like the office the the lobby console here that's not what you call that reception reception desk <laughs> that's what yeah. it is yeah like here the same with the operations building you got three to four computers in this um reception desk like is there a secretary sitting here just waiting around for a phone call or... but uh, as they do walk into the lobby here it's great as we we're talking before about how um the vines and jungle taken back over just the crunch the footsteps walking through the leave dead leaves and on the ground and um we get a look through the interior that we couldn't see in the Lost World, which here is pretty much just all open, and it looks like there's some um, like glass doors, like clean room doors at the end going into a glass corridor, mm-hmm. sort of. <laughs> I think it's interesting that the architecture here in this side of this building, it never spoke 90s to me. It always spoke very kind of like mid 2000s like mid uh, 2010s, like 2001, like this was furniture they pulled off a showroom floor in 2001. Yeah. Had the art department dirty it up and then stuck it on set. Yeah. Because the lines, the way that it was, that the like the glass doors, for example, are, that was, that, uh, in the worker village, we had that motif, uh, the egg motif, and the same in the, uh, visitor center doors for Jurassic Park. Here, it's all kind of like that um, minimalist industrialist look that was popular in the early 2000s. Mm. I remember my high school, or not my, my junior high school, that was built in uh, 2003, or no, it was, it was built in the early 2000s, or I'm sorry, the yeah, the twenty—I guess you could call it the twenty hundreds. But it built in the twenty hundreds, then opened in twenty oh three, and it was styled very, very much like this, with the clean lines and the metallic uh, fig, uh, um, surfaces, and it just never spoke nineties to me. It always seemed very early two thousands. Well, and that's yeah, and to touch back on design and architecture again it's it's like the whole Jurassic Park and the Lost World was just that sort of that fortified concrete steel mm-hmm. um, sort of thing where here it's a lot more glass and just seems to go completely different architectural design for the most part like even this desk like this sweeping sort of u-shaped desk a lot of sort of silver and curves on it where mm-hmm. the Lost World was a lot more blocky and the monitors mm-hmm. were sitting on top of the on top of the um, reception desk. We're here; they're sunk in, very um. St- oh, I'll, I'll say Star Trek like, but but um, just mm-hmm. a lot more sleeker. And even the telephone itself doesn't. I, I mean, I remember the t- the telephone we had in the '90s, and it and this seems much blockier, more 2000s like. I was ni- still in- using a rotary phone in the, in the '90s. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my parents had the uh, tail, the phones with the tail mm-hmm. hanging from the wall, and it was thick, 
it had the numbers on the keypad, but then we also had another phone in the garage that was like this, but without like all the specialty numbers on it. It didn't have a button to hold the call or nothing like that. Yeah, but the the actual phone, the earpiece and the mouthpiece itself was much more curved and this seems much more blocky like what you saw more in the later 90s and even the early 2000s not so much in the early 90s late 80s when this would have when this would have been used Hmm. i'll try and do some research for next minute but even the um obviously being sort of like a corporate phone having all the um obviously different lines and that with all the different buttons like holding holding line one and everything else like having this whole area sort of wired up it sort of makes me remember back to even just comparing it to the phones in the control room that arnold's got to try and call the mainland and and that and i don't think they look the same yeah. um, where you think if you uh, spend all your money on a high-tech park then your mm-hmm. lab would probably have the same <laughs> let's do oh. a group deal and get a thousand of these telephones instead of <laughs> two well if you look at the uh phone of that in that scene it's like as I described, it's kind of curved and more early 90s. Mm. It's not this early 2000s style. Mm. That's right. I'll see what I can research, and we'll get to the phone next minute. Before we uh, before we end here, also when they walk in the building, there's a large poster on the wall, and I've I've been racking my brain over this for a very long time, um, trying to clear the image up and that, trying to see what exactly it is because it. It looks a lot like the production image for Main Street from the Worker Village, um, it, that nighttime it shot. It does look similar to that, yeah. And that has actually been something of a mystery since, like, 2001, I will, I'll admit. I've seen um, comments on the old engine net and uh, <laughs> was it JP Terror, I yeah. think, was one of the old ones. Uh, there's... Uh, there's... Uh, forum posts that go all the way back to the, when the movie came out, they kind of question, what is this poster on the wall? Why does, And nobody's ever been come up, come up with a definitive answer. I think the answer lies in 4K, maybe even 8K. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have a 4K player, and I know 8K is going to kind of come up with the big next big thing, and that's probably... By the time that's out and popular and being installed on the compu- into desktop computers, I'll probably be ready to get a new computer. And uh, I'll, I think the answer lies in just sharper imagery. We'll probably in the, we'll probably be on Jurassic Park eight by then. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Jurassic Park eight, Nedry's Revenge. <laughs> oh, don't. It's time is personal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you um? Because you done the rewatch recently of the Blu-rays, you were saying that the conversion on Jurassic Park Three wasn't that good, weren't you? I mean, it was honestly probably not as good as the Lost Worlds. No, I would have to say that. Eh. Yeah. I mean, the movies all was already in a superior format. I think yeah, it was yeah. First Jurassic Park movie to have a home release on um. DVD. I can't remember if I can't remember if the Lost World and Jurassic Park had the DVD two pack and as part of the collector's edition. I rem- I remember the VHS two pack, but I can't remember the DVD two pack. 
Yeah, I got a I got a DVD two pack of The Lost World and Jurassic Park in ninety seven, ninety eight for Christmas. All right, so yeah, those two would have been the first. Yeah, yeah, and then we once they start walking down the hallway later, there's more interesting art on the walls as well, which again just makes you wonder why. But as we end the minute, sort of Paul's yelling Eric's name, and um, Amanda tells him to shut up, and then we see Paul's focus fall onto that telephone and that's where our minute ends before Amanda walks over and picks it up. We've been a little bit away over the shop with that one, but anything else you want to add there, Dave, before we get to script and novel comparisons? Uh, no, I think we're good. Alright. Um, much fatigued, the five approach the crest of a ridge and we get a description of a vast compound in the distance comprising of several buildings. The building seems to cover several acres, so again there a little reference to like the, in the novel where you got the lab the lab building sort of being so large and taking up so much space. But um, the group emerges from the jungle and enters the compound. They walk through an overgrown parking lot littered with abandoned vehicles. Some are lying on their side, others are overturned completely. So the script's also suggesting there's a lot more cars there than the four we see. And Grant sort of says they're not going to be driving anywhere soon, so <laughs> we're sort of looking at the cars to, to drive, which... We get that comeback, I suppose, in Jurassic World with <laughs> fixing an abandoned car and driving it to safety. But a trouble Grant peers through a windshield, partly caved in, um, like some giant head butted the glass, and then in brackets for some reason think back to the Lost World, which might be another reason why people are confusing this with the Worker Village. Because yeah. there's been a suggestion or something. I don't know why it's in this script, because there's a couple of times in the script where it stops being a script and starts being wink wink sort of thing like like here like it could have been fine Grant seeing the caved in window and like some giant head the head budded the glass it could have been fine but no don't it, it sort of suggests that either something else happened here and the raptors have chased someone through the window as well and the group finally approaches the front doors of an enormous building as they head up the front steps we see something in the distance behind them cat-like movements and shadows so you get a little bit more hint here at the raptors behind them before they even get to the to the um, lobby where we see in the films they find themselves in a sparse quiet or one once quite opulent corporate lobby now in the process of being reclaimed by the jungle roots and ivy poke through the floors and walls in the waiting area the cushions and sofas chairs have been gnawed at and pulled apart dusty coffee mugs are filled with and filled ashtrays lie on the table and even the water tank has a blackish color of water in the water cooler and um you can sort of hear the sudden flapping of birds too as they enter the building and you can see sort of birds nesting in the rafters and it sort of gives more of an eerie haunting feel to the to the building itself and um that's when we get eric uh, paul calling out eric are you there so it's sort of interesting here. Like I'm pretty sure when we get to the next minute with that reception desk, there is a coffee cup on it. Uh, I don't think there's an ashtray though. But interesting they put ashtrays in there or filled ashtrays <laughs> around the place. Being a um, being a laboratory in a clean area, I don't know how many of the technicians <laughs> would be allowed to smoke. But it was '93. Hey, you only got to look at Jurassic Park and how much Arnold smoking in the in the control room. <laughs> Well, in the, um, in the novel, he's described as a constant chain smoker, so... Yeah. And in the novel, we get the group discover a vast engine compound, as I said before, um, after walking for hours. So, it's sort of 
implied they've been walking a lot longer to get here. And of course, when they drop off that hill, that that compound's probably a couple of kilometres, a couple of miles away. Like it would take them a fair while to climb down that hill and across the valley floor before they got to it. And it's sort of convenient, I suppose, too, that they've emerged from the jungle right in front of that InGen sign and the main building. They haven't come in from a side building or anything like that. Uh, we see the bent cars, and Alan says, well, I guess we aren't driving to the coast. <laughs> so, again, another little thing there of uh, Grant hoping that they could find a car, which was never brought up before. <laughs> but that's it. That's 37. Anything else, Dave, you want to discuss before we get heavy for the week? Uh, no, I think we're good. All right. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at lostworldminute.com. The main website is drasticminutes.wordpress.com, and you can find... The Lost World Minutes and Jurassic Minutes over on Facebook with the uh, pages there. David, where are you on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, Twitter, we are at Jurassic Minute. Uh, Instagram is the Jurassic Minutes podcast. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. This is how you make dinosaurs? This is how you play God. If we split up, I'm going with you guys. Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock that real scientists make real discoveries. Now what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more and nothing less. Um, Are you saying that you wouldn't want to get onto Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance? No force on earth or heaven. Get me on that island. You're Desky. Hello? Charlie! Charlie! Hello? Charlie, take the phone to mommy now! Take the phone to mommy! It's the, it's the dinosaur there!